Well, welcome to church, everybody. It is so good again to see each and every one of you. What a wonderful weekend that this is. Today is a special weekend. Um, I'm not normally even in church this weekend with the dozens and hundreds and maybe even thousands of other people that stayed home today. But anyway, um, we have a special guest today, not really a guest anymore, but you know, I have a family full of preachers now. Did y'all know that? My son preaches, my daughter preaches, and my son-in-law preaches. And so what that means for me is I don't have to work as hard anymore. I'm just so grateful. So praise the Lord. Uh, my son-in-law, Pastor Keishan, who's also our discipleship pastor, he's going to be ministering the Word of God today. And so would you please put your hands together and receive him as he comes. That was wonderful for me. Can we give Jesus praise in the house? Can we give Jesus a little bit more praise in that? Hallelujah. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. Truth endures to all generations. Amen. Um, I, I'm not going to lie to you. So I, I, this is my second service preaching and I have to preach another one after this. Amen. So I was trying to make sure I preserve my voice. Amen. But there's a song that's been in my head. Uh, so, so bad. It's old though. I don't know if y'all remember it. Amen. Can I hear, just, hear you just a little bit more? Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you know it, sing it with me. He is worthy to be praised and adored. So we lift up holy hands with one accord. Singing, blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's sing it again. Everybody sing, come on. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised and adored. So we lift up holy hands with one accord. Singing, blessed be the name. One more time, sing it. Blessed be the name. Last time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. One more time, y'all. Let's everybody sing it. Come on, everybody say, blessed be the name. Y'all sound real good. He is worthy to, he is worthy to be praised and adored. So we lift up holy hands with one accord. Singing. One more time, say, sing. Last time, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 He's worthy. 
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this time. We we come today with the intention and the purpose and the desire to bless your name. And so, Father, we come on this Thanksgiving weekend just to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your mercy. Thank you for your love toward us. We appreciate you. We honor you. We bless you. And so, Father, we pray that you sanctify this moment to your glory. Father, speak to us and speak through us in this word today. Let somebody be saved. Let somebody be healed. Let somebody be delivered. Work signs and wonders by your holy child Jesus and father we'll be so careful to give your name all glory all honor and all praise that everyone say amen and amen and amen amen get your bibles in your hand amen I'm grateful to see all of you here amen on this wonderful Thanksgiving weekend amen you could be any other place but you shouldn't be any other place amen because what better place to be than in the house of the Lord amen and so we're grateful amen we each have so many things to be thankful for this year amen my wife and I thank all of you so much for your generosity and kindness that you've been showing toward us amen since we've been married people have been giving us things and gifts and all kinds of stuff and we're just grateful to you for that amen I know you got something to be grateful for amen but I thank God for Jesus this morning amen and so we're grateful to be in the house of god do you have your bibles all right let's lift it up we know our declaration amen I, last time i told him i got away with it i didn't know it but now i have to say it because i'm here <laughs> this is my bible it is my primary source of spiritual nourishment i will read it every day and become all god wants me to be my mind will be renewed My life will be transformed. I will become fully surrendered to Christ. Therefore, I will hide his word in my heart so that I will be all that God has destined me to be. Amen and amen. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings, the 6th chapter, beginning at verse 8. Pastor Carol, so good to see you. Amen. So good to see you. Amen. We thank God. Amen. For sustaining her. Amen. Amen. 2 Kings chapter number 6. We're going to begin at verse number eight. Amen. Second Kings chapter six, verse eight. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Good to see. I see so many faces, people here from school, here at home. Amen. Good to see y'all. I see brother, amen, brother Jared, brother AJ. Amen. Good to see them. Amen. Here for this weekend. Amen. Let's look at that. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and he consulted with his servants saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants says, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha. The prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told to him saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. 
I'll read 17 again. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Amen. Continuing with our series of great prayers of the Bible, I'm going to be preaching from this subject. Amen. What Elisha prays, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And my subject is, you can look now. Amen. You can look now. Take your seat. Just let your neighbor know, neighbor, and say, you can look now. You can look now. This phrase uh, may be somewhat unfamiliar to those of you that have never watched a movie that you probably should not have watched. Amen. I probably never watched something that was a little too scary for you, but it was too late and you couldn't walk out the theater because it was just, you were in there at that point. Amen. But when I was a kid, when I was younger, uh, my siblings and I, I did, their idea of censorship was that my brother would say when a part came when I was too scary, he would say, okay, cover your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. And I would close my eyes and I'm covered them. And then when it was over, he could say, okay, you can look now, you can look now. And so I would take my eyes away and look at whatever it was. And so many times when things in our lives are too scary or intimidating, we close our eyes. Amen. Uh, we do it on roller coasters. Do I have any roller coaster riders in the house? Do I have any any roller? Co- okay, I got more witnesses now than at eight a.m. Amen. The nine a.m. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. Amen. King Dakar and El Toro and all those. Amen. We get on those. I love roller coasters, but I don't know why I love them because I close my eyes when I get on them. Amen. It's something about closing your eyes that kind of takes you away and makes you escape. Uh, scary movies and even when you feel threatened, right? You close your eyes and it gives you a temporary escape uh, and you get away from whatever is currently facing you. We see it in movies and in shows where if a character is being cornered or they're being intimidated by something, they, they shut their eyes really tight and es- try to escape in their mind. We close our eyes to divert an issue. We close our eyes to visualize something else. Uh, we have closed our eyes to avoid something that is unpleasant and to imagine what we want. And so when our eyes are closed, we can imagine whatever we want and escape from whatever reality that we're facing right now. And so last month we were challenged, um, King Adamte was teaching on prayer. He challenged us by saying, pray with your eyes open. And at first that threw me off because I'm church. I said, what does that mean? I, you know, I, I feel closer to God when I close my eyes, you know. I feel in the spirit. You know, you go, you're in spiritual things, you gotta close your eyes. I don't know why we do that. Amen. But he said, he said, pray with your eyes open. And so it's not saying that there's anything wrong with closing your eyes at a time or a point, but sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves that sometimes we close our eyes when we pray to escape our reality. Sometimes we use prayer to deflect or to escape when it's escapist measure. And so closing your eyes can mean a means of escapism whereby you avoid issues and problems. But the reason why we should open our eyes and pray with our eyes open is because we expect God to do something and to show up. And I refuse to let the circumstance or the situation cause me to look away or be intimidated. Somebody say amen. So that in mind, it made me revisit how I was going to preach this text, brothers, because I was looking at it, and so originally I was going to preach eyes wide shut from the perspective that Elisha prayed that the servant's eyes would be closed to the problem and open to the unseen solution. And so that was my idea, that we should close our eyes to trouble and open our eyes to the spiritual things. But Elisha never prayed that his eyes be closed. It's not in the text. Elisha prayed that his actually his eyes be open. So faith does not require you to close your eyes. Faith does not require you to look away. Faith empowers you to look trouble in the face. Hallelujah. 
Faith, excuse me, fear looks away, but faith looks ahead. Amen. And so you don't have to wait until the scene has changed. You don't have to wait until the coast is clear. You don't have to, you don't need to dodge the issue. God does not require you to avoid it or to wait until the problem is resolved. You don't even have to wait until the battle is over. You have enough boldness and faith to look now at that spirit in the face and take authority over it in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. With that understanding now, we must take another look at what we understand faith to be. And then, so sometimes we treat faith like a wish, which is why we close our eyes and we pray. Because we wish and wish upon a star, right? Uh, and so, praise God, we have to understand that faith is not wishing upon a distant God far away somewhere. Faith is not denial. There is a difference between faith and denial. And a lot of things that people call faith and is really denial. And the reason why a lot of people don't like when we talk about having faith is because they think we mean to deny it. Now let's look at what Jesus told us in Mark 11 and in 23. He says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not down his heart. Now here's the thing. Denial looks at the mountain and says there is no mountain. Faith says there is a mountain, but it has to move by the word of God. All right. So once again, denial will close your eyes to the problem. But faith says, Lord, open my eyes to see you in the midst of the problem. Amen. We're not denying that trouble exists. We're not denying that problems exist. Amen. We're not trying to avoid it. We know that things go on. But my faith tells me to look past what I see and believe God and know that my feelings are going to change. Amen. And things are going to change according to the word of God. Amen. Praise God. I let the, my faith change and dictate the situation instead of letting the situation dictate my faith. Amen. Denial would ignore Goliath instead of facing Goliath. Denial would run from Pharaoh or ignore Pharaoh instead of facing Pharaoh. Amen. And sometimes we, we, many times we learn how to praise God. We know how to talk to God. We know how to pray to God, but we don't know how to talk to the mountain. And see, God is not your problem. The mountain is the problem. Amen. The sickness is the problem. And when masters are praying to God, instead of learning how to talk to that devil and talk to the issue and talk to whatever we're facing and cause it to move. Somebody say amen. So sometimes you've got to acknowledge the threat in order to take authority over the threat. And so here is in this text where we get to, amen, the prophet Elisha. And so Elisha is, he is the successor to the prophet Elijah. Amen. He is the spiritual advisor for the king of Israel. And so Israel is under intimidation by the king of Aram. And some verses say Aram and, and other verses says Syria. It's the same thing. Amen. So Syria is an intimidating force. They are bullies. They, they constantly bully the children of Israel and threaten them all the time. But every time they attempt to make a move on Israel, God intervenes through Elisha because Elisha Elisha is a prophet. He has a true prophetic anointing on your life, on his life, excuse me. He walks in the ministry of revelation. And so the Bible says that God reveals things to Elisha constantly so that the enemy never has a chance to attack Israel. And specifically, every time the king would say, I'm going to go and set up a camp. When it talks about setting up a camp, it is equivalent to like a stronghold, right? It's the same thing. So when the king desires to set up a stronghold around the people of God, God would tell Elisha what is going on. Elisha would discern it by the spirit of God and shut it down by the power of God. Amen. Now, what's interesting is that in this text, there is not one time in which there is an actual fight between Syria and Israel. Not one time in this sixth chapter do they actually go to war. Not one time do they actually get hand to hand in combat because every time they attempted to make a move, God gave Elisha a revelation. 
All right, the word of God tells in Ephesians 1 and 17, amen, that Paul prays for the Ephesian church, and he says, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation does not just belong to me. You don't need a title to have wisdom and revelation. Revelation doesn't even just belong to prophets. Amen. Anyone that is willing to be open to the spirit of God and will ask God for the wisdom, he will give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so a lot of times revelation can be seen as a scary word or, you know, because people make it real mystical and spooky. Revelation, you know, squint their eyes and all kind of weird stuff like that, you know. Amen. But revelation simply means divine knowledge. It is the rhema word of God. If we were in the military, it would be called intel. Amen. Intel. And so that's essentially what revelation is. And so the truth of the matter is any army person will tell you, anybody in the military can tell you that when you have the right amount of intel, it can save you time, it can save you energy, and it can save you combat. You may not even have to go out onto the actual battlefield if you have the actual, the right amount of intel working on your behalf. When you have the right amount of information, Information on you, amen, you don't even have to fight sometimes, amen, you know how to do and how to move and how to pivot and so brothers and sisters, I say this because we live in a day and a time where people are almost infatuated with spiritual warfare infatuated with devils and demons and all kind of stuff like that everything, I mean t-shirts and conferences and books and, and lives and podcasts and all kinds of stuff and I believe there is a place and a time for spiritual warfare but the truth of the matter is the best weapon that we have against the enemy is not your shout, it is not your book, it is not your conference, your best weapon is intel, it is insight, it is wisdom and revelation, it is the intelligence of God, somebody say amen Y'all don't believe me, so let me back it up with the word of God. Amen. The word of God teaches us in Hosea 4 and 6. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If there's anything that destroys you, what you don't know can hurt you. That's why it's important that you be under the teaching and preaching of the word of God. Amen. Because people say, well, how come this person at this church doesn't have this and they don't walk in this and they don't see this happening in their life. If you don't know it, you won't know to stand on it. Amen. You need to be in the right place to hear the right teaching of the word to get understanding because what you don't know will hurt you. Proverbs 29 and 18 tells us, now King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But actually in Hebrew, it is where there is no revelation, the people perish or cast off restraint. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 teaches us that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. Amen. The worst, the only thing the enemy has on you is your ignorance. When you do not know what's going on and when your eyes are closed and you don't know what's happening, the enemy has an advantage to move on you. Amen. But when you have intel and you are walking in the word of God and in the rhema word of God, you have something that is sharper than any two-edged sword. Somebody say amen. And so it is through the king of Syria that we learn a couple things about spiritual warfare. The first point that we have to understand is that the devil is not omniscient. We, we sometimes think the devil is the opposite of God. He can never. He wish. He wishes. He wishes. He could never be on God's level. Amen. He has no God, has no rival, he has no equal. So the enemy is not omniscient. Now omniscient means all-knowing. Only God is omniscient. The devil is not omniscient. But sometimes we think the devil knows everything about us and everything we go and everything we're about to do. Amen. We treat him like he is omniscient and he is not. But can I tell you something else? The devil does not know that much about you. Oh, Lord, here we go. All right. He doesn't know that much about you. Amen. And the other thing is the enemy only knows what you tell him. God have mercy, Jesus, help me. 
That's why you got to be careful of the words you let out of your mouth. Amen. Because the devil wouldn't know what you're dealing with and what you're going through until you open up your mouth and start saying, I'm sick. I can't take this. I'm weak. I'm about to go crazy. If this person do this one more, you got to be careful what you let out your mouth. So the devil only knows what you say and what you give him, what you tell him. Amen. And so not only that, the devil does not know your future. He doesn't know any future. Only thing the enemy knows about you is your past. That's why whenever you are warring with him, he will constantly bring up things from the past and things that happen and make you feel guilty and make you feel condemned because he does not know your future. Your future belongs to God. It is a secret. It is a mystery. Oh, God have mercy. You don't even know your future. Only God knows where I'm going. He says, I know the plans that I have for you and the thoughts that I think towards you. The devil doesn't know your future. All he knows is your past. So the best way to fight a liar, which is what the devil is, is with the truth. So the truth of the matter is, I'm gonna, I'm getting ready to relieve somebody here. You don't have to be reactionary and get down and fight every single battle and tussle that comes your way. When you walk in divine intel from God or revelation from God, God will show you the enemy's traps before he can even set it. That's what happened in the text. The Bible says that the king would want to go and plant a stronghold in a place, but God would show Elisha what's going on, and he would say, oh, watch out, don't go in this area, watch this area over here, send some men over there. When God, when you are really walking with God, God will show you things before they happen. God will show you people before they show up. Oh, does anybody know what I'm talking about here? God will speak to you in a dream. He'll say, watch this, look up, watch your son, go in there, don't do this, come on somebody. Amen. God will give you, amen, he will let you know ahead of time what's going on. Amen. So he will let you know what's coming. So your job is not to run up on the king of Syria. Your job is to tap into God and let him show you what is to come and elevate your mindset and figure out what heaven is doing and stop worrying about what hell is doing. Hallelujah. Amen. I can remember watching this video and I don't know why I was watching this stupid video. I watch all kind of animate planet stuff. I don't know. It just pops up on the feet. I don't know. I don't know how I did it. I watched the video of this eagle and this snake fighting. And so they're fighting, they're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so eagles are not made for the ground, they're not made for the dirt, they're made for the air. But the snake is. The snake, all, all it does is just, it, it crawls on its belly, right, it's in the dust all the time, so it loves all that drama, it loves the drama. So the, the, as long as the eagle stayed down on the ground, the snake kept hitting it and, and twisting it and moving it. So what the eagle did after a while was it started taking flight and going up in the air. And the higher up the eagle went, the harder it was for the snake to get its footing. Because snakes are made for the ground. They can't handle the atmosphere and the air. So the more, the higher up it went, the more the snake started squirming and losing its oxygen and its air and started dying out and losing the fight. So I've come to tell you, your job is not to get down and tussle with the devil every five seconds. You better know you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You better get on your other level. You better elevate your mind and get up in the heavenly places. You don't need a battle plan. All you need is a word. And a word will win a war. The word wins wars. Somebody say, the word wins wars you don't have to fight all the time oh, praise God warfare has a purpose the purpose of warfare is to accomplish and to establish something but the word comes to tell you what's already done and what's already established for you that you don't even have to fight for so all you have to do is tell the devil devil it is written it is written he was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities amen praise God by his stripes I am healed sin and the Lord rebuke you I have a sound mind I am not depressed I have the peace of God all you have to do is stand in the word So now Elisha keeps the upper hand because he is walking in a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the king of Syria is so intimidated, he thinks that somebody in his camp is a snitch. 
He's like, somebody in here is, is a spy. Somebody in here, right? Somebody is snitching on me, right? Right? Do y'all know what that means, right? Amen. Pray. Okay, okay, all right, all right. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't know. I don't, just doctor degree and all. I'm still from Brooklyn. So, in fact, he says, no, there's no snitch, right? They, they, there is a prophet in Israel. There's somebody that is there that they spend time with God and they hear from the voice of God. They know the word of the Lord and God keeps ruining our plans. And so the enemy king says, okay, fine. I'm not going to mess with all of Israel. I don't want all of Israel. I couldn't do nothing with them. I want that prophet. I want that word. I want to take the word. See, we can't take warfare too personally. A lot of times we think that the enemy is, we act like the devil wants your car and wants your laptop and your phone and, and your person. The devil doesn't want your money. He doesn't have a bank account. He doesn't have a driver's license. He don't want your car. He doesn't want your MacBook. He definitely don't want your Android. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but the enemy is not after the stuff. He's after your faith and after the word of God that is operating in your life. Amen. He is after the word of God in your life. And notice what I'm saying. He's after the living word that is in your life. Not the dormant word. Not the word that you don't believe and you should believe, but you don't believe in anyway. Not the dead word, but he's after the living word of God that is in your life. See, because many of us, we have dead word in us. Amen. We hear it, we see it, but we don't believe it. Amen. Praise God. But the enemy, is, if he's fighting you and if he's after you, it's because you have a living word that you're standing on and that you're believing for, and he wants to take that word. Because as long as you got that word, you got a two-edged sword that defeats him. So the enemy king wants to take the word. He comes to take the word of God. And God will always, he will watch over his word. He will stand by his word. His angels are sent to, they are dispatched to fulfill the word of God. Amen. I believe that every word comes with a set of angels with it to make sure that it is it is executed properly and that there's no resistance on it. And so the Bible says the king does is he says, okay, I can't get him in a day, so I'm going to get him at night. Some of your worst battles sometimes can be what happens at night. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Let me come after you in the midnight. You think you're, you're by yourself. You finally try to lay down to rest. And just when your defenses are down and just when you can't think of no Bible verses and you're, you're trying to sleep or trying to dream and then you get an attack from the enemy. Comes tries to mess with your mind. Tries to intimidate you. And the reason why the enemy attacks at night is because you are usually by yourself. You are usually alone. You are usually not around anybody. You can't call anybody. You can't talk to anybody. Amen. You can't really reach out to anybody. You're by yourself or so you think. Amen. It is dark outside. Everything is closed. Amen. And that's when the enemy tries to speak to you and bring up the past and, and, and mess with your mind and tell you it's not going to happen for you. It's over. But the word of God gives us a secret in Psalm 119 and 105 that the entrance of thy word gives me light. Amen. So no matter how dark it seems, no matter how long the night seems, amen, the word of God will give you light. As long as you've got a word, and you don't even have to have all of it, amen, just get one verse to stand on and to believe God for. As long as you got a word, you can make it morning time. You can make the sun come up at 3 o'clock in the morning in your spirit. I don't mean S-U-N, I mean S-O-N. You can make God show up even in the midnight hour. Amen. The enemy will try it. Amen. But we know that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Glory be to God. So the servant wakes up. He makes his coffee. Right? He makes his coffee. And he goes, he rubs his eyes, you know, doing his own thing. He's with the man of God. Amen. And so praise God. He looks outside. And as he looks out, there are horses and chariots everywhere. Everywhere possible. It is like a horror movie scene. They have surrounded the city and the, the armies think that they have set up a blockade or a trap. 
so that the man of God cannot get out. They think that they have set up a trap. But let me tell you something this morning, brothers and sisters. God's people, you are never trapped. You are never helpless. Your back is never up against a wall. Amen. You are never in a position where you don't have any choice. The devil is a liar. Amen. If you don't have any options, that means you're serving a powerless God. Amen. But you've always got a way out. God is faithful and will with the temptation also make a way of escape. Somebody shout hallelujah. So they are never trapped. Amen. So Elisha says, he goes to me, he says, Elisha, what are we going to do? There's all these enemies around us. All this sickness around us. All these problems, all this anxiety, all this fear, all these things, all these bills. Come on, somebody. All this debt that is around me. All these issues in my body that are around me. What am I going to do? What, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? And Elisha says to him, he says, don't be afraid. Because fear will paralyze you and make you miss God. Amen. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He says, don't be afraid. He says this, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. In other words, God's people are never a minority. You are never in the minority. You are never less than. You are never underneath. You are never beneath anything. No matter how big it is, God is bigger. No matter how great the issue is, God is greater. No matter how hard it seems, God is greater than your worst problem. Somebody shout hallelujah. God can never be outdone. God can never be outnumbered. God can never be outranked. Power always belongs to God. And so Elisha looks at him. He says, I'm going to pray this prayer. He does not pray a very lengthy prayer. Because how many know when you're in trouble, you don't have a whole lot of time to go through a whole bunch of Father God and thee, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You don't have a whole lot of time. See, some of those powerful prayers are short prayers. Don't let the devil make you think you got to give God a liturgy and a litany. Sometimes all you got to do is call out Jesus, and that's enough to get you through it. Sometimes all you got to do is just say, help me, God. Somebody just got to say, save me, Jesus. And that's enough for him to step in and help you out. Somebody shout hallelujah. I don't have time to go about a long prayer. So he says, look, they're, they're surrounding us. They're probably getting in closer. So he says, Lord, this is what I want you to do. He does not pray, Lord, send me chariots of fire. He does not pray, Lord, send me some angels. Because truth of the matter is, the angels were already there. Oh, God have mercy. I come to tell somebody, you're not alone. The angels are already there. You don't need healing. It's already there. You don't need provision. It's already there. You don't need angels. They're already around you. All you need is for God to open up your eyes. All you need for God to do is give you vision. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. He doesn't tell him, ignore them. Don't ignore the issue. Don't close your eyes and imagine a happy place. You don't need to woosah. You don't need to look away. Look that devil in the face. Look that issue in the face. Look that problem in the face. And say, God is my healer. God is my deliverer. God is my way maker. God is my peace. I'm going to not be depressed. I'm not schizophrenic. I'm not losing my mind. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to end up in a straight jacket. God is my defense. God is my healer. God is our God. I'm not supposed to be preaching like this in here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to do this in here. I'm not supposed to. But I wish somebody would look that devil in the face and tell him he's a liar. You better look that issue in the face and tell him it's a liar. Tell poverty it's a liar. God is my provider. God is my way maker. God is my helper. God is my strength. God is my shield. Glory. Hallelujah. God and mercy. So God told me to tell Faith Church this morning that we're entering to a season called Behold. And Behold just means to look. Don't close your eyes. Take your head out the sand. Take your head out the sand. Don't look away. Don't cover your eyes. 
Don't turn your back. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still till angels show up. Stand still till deliverance comes. Stand still till your body feels better. Stand still till your mind comes in order. Stand still till God shows up. Stand still. Good God have mercy. Hallelujah. Woo, God, I feel it. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good God have mercy. It's time to be whole. I'm getting ready to see it. Just look at somebody. It's up there. You're about to see it. Whatever your it is, whatever you're looking for, whatever you're expecting, it's the time of manifestation. It's the time of deliverance. It's the time for God to show up. You've been waiting. You've been wishing. You've been looking everywhere else. But look right at that problem. Look right at that issue. Get it in your mind and say, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Somebody shout hallelujah in the house. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. This is what we're going to do. Glory be unto God. Amen. Some of us in here, we're in the last quarter of the year. For some of us, it's good. But for some of you, the devil has been intimidating you. The enemy has been telling you it's going to end on a bad note. That it's over from here. That you're about to go out like a loser. But the devil is a liar. Greater, 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 greater is he. Greater is he that's in me. Hallelujah. No matter what I see, God is greater than that. No matter how bad it is, God is greater than that. No matter how ugly it is, God is greater than that. No matter how painful it is, God is greater than that. So this is what we're going to do. We don't know who you're sitting next to that may be facing some impossible things. Maybe surrounded on a mountain and feel like they're trapped. May feel like they can't come out and they won't come out. And that it's over for them. I want everyone to stand. We're about to pray in this place. Because I feel heaven getting ready to open. Glory. Stay right there. Glory, glory. We're about to pray because I feel heaven getting ready to open up in this place. I feel the anointing of God. I feel angels getting ready to come in. Some of y'all came in by yourself, but you're going out with angels. You're going out with protection. You're going out with glory. You're going out. They have chariots of fire. Glory. You got warring angels going with you. Somebody believe that. They're about to stand by your bedside and war for you. Some of you have been terrorized at night. The devil is a liar. I bind night terrors. I bind fear and trauma. I bind sleep paralysis. In the name of Jesus. Listen, listen. This is what we're going to do. Everybody get a prayer partner. Get somebody that you know can pray. Just find somebody. You never know who might need it. Just get their hand, touch their shoulder, make contact. If you know somebody, if you want to go find, if the Spirit's telling you go find somebody and touch their hand, do that. Do that. But we're going to pray corporately today. We're going to pray till the heavens open. We're going to pray till the glory comes in. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 You got somebody. Everybody got somebody. Listen. So we're going to do this. I'm starting to tell you close your eyes. We're not going to close our eyes. We're going to look up toward heaven and we're going to pray. Look up. Hear glory. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, pray with me. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you are the all-powerful God, that there is nothing that is greater than you. Who is this mountain uh, to the power of God? What is this sickness uh, to the power of God? What is impossible for you? Yea, there is none. You have no rival. You have no equal. There is none like you in all the earth. Uh, Nobody can be compared to you. You have nobody that can beat you. You have nobody that can stop you. You have nobody that can hinder you. So, Father, we pray right now in the name of 
of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus Christ, that every tormenting spirit that's been unleashed from hell, send it back to where it came. In the name of Jesus, we war right now in the spirit of God. We thank you for a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, we pray for those right now that may be struggling with depression in this time, that may be struggling this holiday season, that may be struggling with insanity and paranoia. We come against it in the name of Jesus. We thank you that the blood is stronger than fear. We thank you that the blood is stronger than te- terror. We thank you that the blood is stronger than insanity. We thank you for a sound mind. We thank you for a sound sleep. We thank you for rest at night. In the name of Jesus. And God, we pray for the physical body now. In the name of Jesus. Touch it from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. In the name of Jesus. Take sickness out of their body. In the name of Jesus. Devil, you're a liar. Doctors report you're a liar. We don't care what it is said. We believe the report of the Lord. Father, we stand on your word in faith. We pull at the hem of your garment. And in the name of Jesus, we declare healing. We declare deliverance. We declare salvation. We declare wholeness. We declare breakthrough. Somebody, if you believe it, shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Go find three people and tell them, you can look now. You can look now. You can look now. Don't you look away. You'll miss the glory. Don't you look away. You'll miss the anointing. Don't you look away. You'll miss what God is about to do. Don't you look away. Don't you flinch. Stand still. Stand closer. Stand still. Don't you flinch. Don't shrink back. You have the boat now. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep on going. Keep. Listen, we're going to pray. I need to pray specifically. Amen. Can we pray for Sister Marilyn now? Shall we pray for Sister Marilyn? Could you just come right here? Listen. The Bible tells us that one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. Glory be unto God. And we're going to pray. Come right here. Listen, we're going to center all our prayers in this house. We're going to pray for her in the name of Jesus that whatever the doctor has said or seen, we pray that there be a reversal, a divine reversal. Anybody believe God can work miracles? Anybody believe that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. Amen. We're going to begin to pray. Amen. By the Spirit of God. And I want you to put your, your emphasis in this. And we're going to begin to pray under the anointing and unction of the Holy Spirit that God would do it. And we're not just going to pray to God. We're going to pray against that, that sickness and that issue and whatever it is. Y'all ready? Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, you are the healer and the healing. You revealed yourself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that healeth. There is nothing impossible for you. There's nothing that you cannot do. Father, we pray right now, we know she sees the enemy. She sees the report. She sees what they're saying. She knows what they have said. God, she's well versed in it. But God, she doesn't see you yet. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would show yourself, give her a spirit of revelation now. I pray that the eyes of this understanding we're looking at it differently. In the name of Jesus, we pray and be more open. Epitha, be open. In the name of Jesus, that you will cause her to see you in it. Let her get revelation in it. Show her where the garment is that she may grab a hold to it. Show her where the virtue is that she may touch it. In the name of Jesus, we pray right now from the crown of her head to the sole of the feet. We rebuke pain and sickness. Spirit of infirmity, we bind you in Jesus' name. You have no authority over this body. She's a blood-bought vessel. God, if you do it right now, she'll be a witness for you. She'll testify and tell of your goodness. We promise to give you glory. We promise to give you honor. Father, rebuke infirmity in the name of Jesus. Rebuke sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for a new report in the name of Jesus. And it is so. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.